So last week, the internet was all ablaze about popular TikToker Keith Lee. And when I say so many people are talking about this, I mean, me and my girlfriends traveled to St. Kitts last week. And while we were in the customs line in the airport talking about it, a woman in the line in front of us turned around and said, are you talking about Keith Lee? Okay, so Keith is a food critic with nearly 15 million followers on TikTok. He goes to different restaurants, mostly for takeout, and he'll try the food in his car and then give his honest review. Positive reviews from Keith have changed the game for some small restaurant owners. Like, you know, I saw one video where there was one restaurant that was on the verge of closing. They were behind in their rent. And then Keith posted a review, which now has like over 40 million views on TikTok. And I mean, the restaurant has been flooded, flooded, flooded with people going to it, flocking to it as a result. Okay, so the reason why so many people were talking about Keith last week was that he went to Atlanta and went to a few popular restaurants and talk about the negative experiences he had with regard to customer experience. The customer experience was so bad in some instances that Keith didn't even get any food. His videos on the matter talking about this really stirred up a lot of conversation around the topic of customer experience, with lots of people chiming in to voice their opinion about how tired they are of restaurants, but let's just really say brands overall, thinking that customer experience, or lack thereof, isn't important. One of the restaurants in Keith Lee's Atlanta review that basically didn't get a review has a long list of rules that puts a lot of friction, there's that word again, friction is not good, in the customer experience. Here are two of those rules that they have established as part of their house rules for the restaurant. The very first one is, we guarantee good food, everything else is left a chance. Like, what? They're basically saying, we don't care about the customer experience. Food is the only thing that we care about. Everything else, you know, good luck with that. Mm, Not a place I want to go to at all. Rule number four on their list, right? There's a long list of rules. Is no, capital N, capital O, no modifications to any menu item. And in parentheses, if you have food allergy, please choose another item. You already know how I feel about this from an inclusion standpoint and as someone with food allergies. And here is rule number seven that they have on their list, which is no table hibernation. And in parentheses, they say 90 minutes max. Others have to eat too. I just want to be clear, this is a restaurant I never, ever, ever would go, just based upon this rule list alone. Now, one TikToker, a separate TikToker, commenting on these rules said they just make her want to go to another restaurant. I am totally with her. So more people are talking about customer experience, demanding better for themselves as consumers, and basically shunning restaurants and brands, for that matter, that don't take care in the customer experiences that they deliver. Now, there are plenty of brands that pride themselves on delivering remarkable customer experiences for the people they serve. But so often, those same brands deliver less than ideal experiences for their customers that have differences. And basically, consumers, myself included, I'm totally over it. Increasingly, consumers from underrepresented and underserved communities have a ton of expectations of the brands they are going to do business with and buy from. One of those expectations is that they don't receive a substandard customer experience. 
Nobody wants a substandard customer experience. Nobody, especially when it's something you're paying for. That includes people who are part of the mainstream and people from underrepresented and underserved communities. Now, we're going to get into common ways brands deliver subpar experiences to people from marginalized communities and how to ensure you're not falling into this trap after this short break. Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even though I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound too good to be true, but unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. All right, you've probably heard me say this several times before. Inclusive marketing and customer experience are like inseparable twins. You really can't have one without the other. Customer experience is the vehicle with which people experience how inclusive your brand is or not. So if you've taken the time to do things that are inclusive and incorporate inclusivity into what it is that your brand is doing, but you haven't also taken the time to deliver experience that minimizes friction for the people who are on the receiving end of it, it really doesn't matter how inclusive you planned your experience to be if what people are experiencing is something that makes them want to just go elsewhere. So let's talk about five ways that brands are delivering substandard customer experiences, particularly for people from underrepresented and underserved communities. First one is when the prices for being different come at a higher price. All right, so whether it's I have to pay an extra $2.75 to get a gluten-free hamburger bun on my hamburger at a restaurant, that's a less than desirable experience. If you are someone who needs to wear plus-size clothing and your clothing always costs more, mm, that's a less than desirable experience. If you are a woman and you want to buy something that is specifically marketed towards women and you have to pay a higher price for it just because it's being marketed to women, that's a less than ideal experience. Higher pricing for people who have differences, it happens all the time. And people who are from these communities, which are often vulnerable communities already, people who already are experiencing outcomes where they're not achieving success at the same rates as everyone else, whenever they have to pay higher prices just to experience what it is that you're offering, that's not an ideal scenario. Now, granted, some people will go ahead and they will do it just because as someone with differences, their options are really limited. So having to pay a higher price is better than nothing. But really, come on, that's not really a great standard. And overall, it just sends a very clear message. You don't belong here or 
you know what? You're a burden to service. (laughs) So we're going to charge you what feels kind of like a tax for being different. Mm, Not cool. Not cool at all. And it just doesn't feel good to the people who are on the receiving end of it. Here's another common way where brands deliver a subpar customer experience for people who don't quite fit into what's considered to be mainstream. And that's when limited options are available. So let's say that we want to include you. We want to make sure that you feel like you can come and get your needs met with our particular brand, but we don't provide the same degree of options for you to get your needs met. Now, as a business owner, I know that you can't always provide unlimited options or you can't always customize something for everyone. And sometimes just having a ton of options increases your costs overall and it isn't always viable. But what I do want to let you know is and emphasize here is how the person on the other end feels about not having so many options available to them. I remember I did a survey last year for the hospitality industry, and I asked people overall to tell me about their experiences where they felt like they belong or they didn't feel like they belong, specifically in a hotel, bed, or breakfast. Um, And I remember one woman talking about it, and she had some dietary restrictions And she was saying, you know what? I'm so tired of paying for, let's say you're paying for a room and it comes with breakfast included. But she's saying for her, because of her dietary restrictions, she's actually paying for something that she really can't experience the full value of because of those dietary restrictions. And it was a very common one that she had. There were such limited options for her. It just kind of felt like, She was paying for something and just really not getting her money's worth. And it was a really frustrating experience, something that she's experienced over and over and over again, not just once or twice. People who have differences, people from underrepresented and underserved communities are people too. They like options. They like to be able to choose what fits them, what serves them, what they desire, just like everyone else does. So having options available for them rather than just one or maybe two things um, that they can pick and choose from in comparison to, let's say, 20 options for people who don't necessarily have specific needs, it, it just goes back to reinforce what I said before. It sends a signal, you don't belong here, or you are a burden to serve. So we're going to not give you so many options. Really, it just sends a signal, like I mentioned before, that you don't belong here, or you are a burden to service. And no one wants to feel like a burden, especially whenever you are paying. You want to feel like you are getting your money's worth and that you have plenty of options to get exactly what it is that you want. All right, here is another common way that brands deliver substandard experiences for people from underrepresented and underserved communities. And that's whenever they have to acknowledge their differences to get what they need. I call this raise your hand if you're different. And different people have different 
attitudes and feelings about whatever it is that makes them different. Some people fully lean into it. They embrace it. It's a part of their identity. Other people, they don't want anybody to know. They don't want this point of difference. They have zero desire to have it. They don't want anybody to know about it. And making sure that you understand how people feel about their differences will be helpful in allowing you to deliver experiences that make them feel like they belong and ideally won't require them to raise their hand and let everybody know that they have something that's different about them. So an example that really illustrates this point is I remember whenever I was reading Shonda Rhimes' book, Year of Yes, and she talked about an experience And this was before she went on a journey and lost 100 pounds where she got on an airplane and she needed a seatbelt extender. And she was just going through this process, this internal conversation with herself to where ultimately she came to the conclusion that, here's what she said, I would rather die than ask the flight attendant for a seatbelt extender. Like she just felt like the thought of it was embarrassing. It was just something that she was just going to make her feel bad um, about herself. And she just didn't want to have to go through it. So think about any time where you have to call attention to yourself in a lot of instances to a virtual stranger and let them know about something that you need. Yeah, sometimes like it's unavoidable, but in a lot of instances it is avoidable And just think about ways that you can show empathy and make it to where people who need um, something different or they need some type of accommodation to help them achieve success, help them do that without having to call out or raise their hand, letting everyone know or, or even some people know that they are different. So a fourth common way that brands deliver substandard experiences to people who are part of underrepresented and underserved communities is they make the options that are available to them really hard to find. So a couple episodes back, I was talking about consumer experiences with real brands. um, And as we were doing some brand audits um, to find out how inclusive the experiences that they were delivering were. So one of those um, consumers that I chatted with was a Spanish speaker, and he was on a number of different websites trying to, you know, find out more information about the products that they were offering. And he was just frustrated by how many websites that he came across where the option to change the website into Spanish, the brand had already done the work. But the option to find where to change the language from English to Spanish was all the way down in the footer. It was just really cumbersome. It was something that he never would have done. He never would have gone all the way down to the footer to find that. He would have looked around if he didn't see in the main navigation, if he poked around and just didn't see that option right away. He would have just thought, hey, this brand hasn't taken the time to serve Spanish speakers. So he felt like the experience of putting it all the way down the footer, for him, it just felt like the brand was saying, this isn't important or you aren't important. And as a consumer, if you're receiving that message from a brand, that isn't a good one. And it's not something that's going to make you want to spend your money 
with a brand that is kind of communicated to you through the experiences that they're delivering that you aren't important. So too many brands make it hard or difficult for people from underrepresented communities find what it is that they need to be successful. Let's not do that. And one last way that we'll talk about today of common ways that brands deliver subpar experiences for people from underrepresented and underserved communities is to make the process of getting your needs met cumbersome or making it so the process that people have to go through is a different process than the one that everyone else does. So the examples that are coming to mind for this one really relates to people who have disabilities where they have to go through a number of different steps or the process for them to get their needs met or to go through and experience what it is that a brand is offering is it's completely different. It feels like a burden. It's hard to find. It's hard to execute. And it just causes extra stress and undue burden on the consumer. I remember whenever, I think about this a lot, in particular for people who have disabilities, and particularly for those people who use wheelchairs or who have mobility issues, and stairs, something as simple as stairs provides a real barrier or a burden for people to be able to access a building or to access an area of a building or a place where they're going in. There are a lot of companies or brands or buildings that serve people who are in a wheelchair or who have some accessibility issues, who climbing stairs isn't the easiest thing, but the process to get to a ramp, the process to get to an elevator are so out of the way, are sometimes not even existent that it just makes the process of getting to a place and getting where somebody needs or wants to be, it makes it such a barrier, so difficult, such a challenge that it's almost like, you know what, I don't even want to do it. I've experienced this not as someone who's in a wheelchair, but just someone who's been pushing around a stroller um, from time to time. I remember I went somewhere to meet someone for lunch and I still can't tell you where the ramp was. Thankfully, my friend helped me lift the stroller and together we fumbled down the stairs to get to the place where we were dining. But I mean, if it were just me, I definitely would have just left. It wouldn't have been a place where I would have tried to brave on my own. Again, what is being communicated here to people who are underrepresented and underserved is that you don't belong here or you are a burden to service. No one wants to feel like a burden. I say it again, I say it again, I say it again. All right, after this quick break, I'm going to walk you through what you should do to ensure you are delivering not substandard experiences, but remarkable experiences that help all of the people you serve not only achieve success in what it is that they're doing with you, but also show them that they belong. 
Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Latinx in Power is a podcast that features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insights from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I recently listened to the episode, The Power of Storytelling in Business with Andrea Marquez, and I really, really enjoyed it. You often hear me talking about the importance of diversifying your circle of influence, and this podcast is one that will really help you do that by hearing different perspectives about some of your favorite topics. Listen to Latinx in Power wherever you get your podcasts. All right. When it comes to delivering remarkable experiences for all of the people that you serve, first and foremost, what you need to do is design your customer experience. Specifically, plan out what is the type of experience that you want to deliver for all of the people you serve. Be intentional about how you want people to feel as they're going through that experience and then making sure that you are designing that experience with inclusion in mind, with the different identities of the people that you're serving in mind. That will help make sure that you get all of the details in place that make it seem like you were specifically thinking of them. So I think about this all the time um, from an identity standpoint about people designing experiences Whenever I am out in public and I am have to take Luna to the restroom, Luna's three, um, she's potty trained, but whenever she has to go, she has to go, right? Like we, we have to go. We don't have the luxury of saying, hey, wait till you get home. And anytime I go to a restroom, a public restroom, I am always so frustrated when it comes time to have to wash Luna's hands because what happens in 98% of the instances, I have to lift her up to get soap on her hands and then lift her up to get her hands washed because she's not tall enough to reach the soap dispenser, um, depending upon where it is, and not tall enough to reach the faucet on her own. I remember I was in Buenos Aires and I saw a sink there was a sink that is at like a standard height that you would see for the sink. And then there was a sink for someone who might be shorter or a sink that was a size for someone who might be in a wheelchair for them to be able to use it um, specifically. And I loved it. I remember snapping a picture of it and I just thought it was a beautiful thing. I remember also earlier this year, we went to the Children's Museum here in Tampa. And whenever you went in the restroom, it was clear they designed it for children, right? They they knew that children were going to be part of the people who were going to be using this restroom. So all the sinks were at a lower height, which was wonderful. There were other ones, sinks that were at a higher height because there was going to be adults, of course, accompanying the children. And then there are also sinks that had stools um, or little step ladders that made it easy for kids to be able to just easily access the sink. I mean, it was just a beautiful thing. And it was clear that people designed the experience 
for a broad range of people who would be using um, those public restrooms. So whatever types of experiences that you're going to be delivering or you're, you're planning on, make sure that you're thinking about all the different types of identities of people who will be using it and then evaluate or make sure that you're designing experience that will work for them as well. The second thing that you can do, because you're not always going to be in a design phase, but design, of course, and planning phase is exactly where you always want to start because it's better to design something right the first time rather than having to go back and fix something later. But that's not where we're all starting. So what I also recommend that you do is audit the existing customer experience that you're delivering through the lens of the people that you're choosing to serve. So whatever experience that you're delivering now, go back and have a look at the different identities that you want to serve from your brand, and then go through and evaluate end to end. Is the experience that you're delivering at every single touch point, does it live up to the experience that you want to deliver? Does it live up to the experience and the feeling that you want people to have as they're engaging with your brand? If you find that there are areas of your experience that doesn't meet the standard for the various identities that you're serving, or if you find that there are various identities who consistently don't have an optimal customer experience with you, then you'll be able to know these are areas where you can work on. But if you don't, take inventory, if you don't do that audit or an assessment to find out how people are currently responding or experiencing um, or how you're currently measuring up in the experiences you deliver, you won't know where you can make changes to improve. And the last thing you can do is just really deliver more remarkable experiences for everyone that you serve in a manner that makes them feel like they belong with you. Deliver remarkable experiences for everyone you serve in a manner that makes them feel like they belong with you. People are different. Like there are so many ways in which people are different. So when it comes to the people or the specific identities that you have chosen to serve, make sure that you are not making people feel like they are a burden. Make sure that you are not delivering experiences that make people feel like, you know what, I don't belong here. I'm going to go somewhere else. It's about delivering those remarkable experiences over and over and over and over and over and over again. And as you start to deliver experiences to more people, a broader diversity of consumers, you're going to learn very quickly different ways that you can improve the experiences that you're already delivering so that you are getting better and better overall at making sure that people's experience, no matter their identity, is stellar. The customers you serve, none of them, none of the customers you serve, no matter what their identity, people do not want a lesser experience. People do not want to feel like an afterthought. People do not want to feel that they are getting less than what they're paying for. People want to feel seen supported and like they belong. And they, the mechanism with which they will feel like that is through the customer experiences that you deliver to them. Do not deliver substandard experiences to people from underrepresented and underserved communities. Do not deliver substandard experiences to any of the customers that you're serving. 
Make sure that you are delivering experiences that make all of the people that you have chosen to serve feel like they belong with you. And when you do, they will reward you. I guarantee it. They will reward you with their loyalty. That's it for today's episode. If you like this show, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review for it in your podcast player of choice. It really does help more people discover the show and it gives me an idea of the types of things that you like and would like to see more of. Quick question for you before we wrap up. Are you getting the inclusion and marketing newsletter? If you aren't, go ahead and get signed up where each week I send you news, tips, stories, and other insights to help you build an inclusive brand that helps you make more of the people you serve feel like they belong and helps you convert more of the people that you want to serve. Go to inclusionandmarketing.com slash newsletter to get signed up. I'll drop a link to that in the show notes for you. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.